Hiya. Hello and welcome to another episode of After Dark Paranormal Podcast. Today I'm joined by Jordan. Hiya. And we're going to be talking about the private investigation we did over the weekend at an undisclosed location and it was at a morgue. A very haunted morgue, yeah. So we, we got asked to go there and investigate because um, basically the owners of the venue have been experiencing some quite high paranormal and podcast activity and um, we went along um, and we weren't disappointed, were we? No, we weren't. And um, another reason we were asked there was because they just wanted a bit of reassurance about the activity that was going on there and they wanted reassurance of whether it was a good or bad stuff that was being experienced there. And I can tell you that I myself wouldn't even be able to tell you where this place was because I was in the back of the car. I was driven to this location. The windows were all steamed up. It was very, very dark. So even I wouldn't even be able to go back there without somebody else <laughs> telling you where, telling it, is, me where yeah. it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, we, we, we arrived and, and straight away, you, you know, bearing in mind, this isn't this is a active morgue. Yes, and um, it is a working morgue. Uh, but the minute we got there, there was definitely an atmosphere. Um, so I, I showed you around the morgue and we went into a couple of the rooms. Um, I think some of the rooms that stuck out to you the most were the the, the room with the ashes. I think that was primarily yes. the most active room. It definitely was the most active room. There is a, a room in the building which um, has ashes that date back to the 1800s. And what's really sad about that is some of them, they don't even have any names on them anymore. They don't know who they belong to. No. Um, and they've never been claimed by family, relatives. And it's really sad to think that there's all these remains of these people in this room that nobody ever wanted or for whatever reason has ever claimed no, it's quite, it is really sad. And I mean, obviously, the way the law states at the moment is, you know, the morgue, they, they can't, I suppose, dispose of the remains properly um, because the way the law is at the moment. Um, so they're going to be in that building for the foreseeable future, which, like you said, it's quite a sad experience, especially, which we'll come to in a bit, the, the activity we got is a lot of the spirits then they know they know that they're still there don't they they know they they've do, been left yeah, behind most, most definitely and um i think you know they're trying very hard to get permission from the local council so that they can have a priest bless yeah these ashes and that they can be taken to hallow ground and they can be properly laid to rest but it's going to be a bit of a battle for them to do that because as far as the law is concerned only relatives of the deceased can do that and as you can imagine trying to trace some of these relatives is near impossible 200 years ago when, yeah when it's over 200 years ago and some of the urns are that old that the names are no longer they've worn off yeah have worn off and are no longer visible yeah, it's it's a sad situation, but we, we went there and we did get some very interesting things. Um, one of the, the rooms especially is outside of where the, the bodies are, are kept. We yeah. Obviously, the door was shut for obvious reasons, but we, we did set out some equipment um, just outside the door. And I can safely say we, we checked the area for electronics and any trigger that would set the equipment off, but 
we couldn't find anything and the activity we got regards to equipment was some of the best that I've seen in a long time. I mean, the K2s were spiking on command. Yes. Um, we had the mail meters, the mail meter continuously setting itself off, the REM portals going, we had the capitals going, and this was just a couple of foot away from where, obviously, the, the bodies are even, stored. Even as soon as I turned my rook on and put it next to this door, it was actually alarming and it it was buzzing and i've had my rook go off but for it to be that high enough for it to be alarming that was pretty cool as well um the k2 meters were constantly yeah. sweeping right up to red and they were doing it on command and both at the same time but they? yeah no. two, two of them at the same time with other equipment going off and to note as well, them. these K2s were quite a distance apart, so it's not like there could have been any electronic fault that was setting them off at the same time. They were opposite ends of the room some of the times, weren't they? So, yes, they were. And still spiking, and they were going at the same time from green to red, completely in sync. And I can honestly say, from when, when I first walked in there, there's, there's a long corridor, and there are several doors which all come off. You've got the morgue. Next to that, you've got the coffin room. Mm-hmm. Um, you've then got another room, which is uh, like a chapel of remembrance. A reflection where, room, yeah. yeah. That where, where the coffins are laid out so that family can come to view. And then you have another room off to the side. But just walking in there, you could you get hit by a buzz of energy. And the first thing I said to Jordan was, there is definitely an intersection here, almost like a portal, a crossroads. And you could feel the energy coming in and out all linking into this one space in the corridor and I'm you know I'm pretty sure that from what we captured that night on the electronics and other things that was actually confirmed to us by the end of the evening yeah I, I, I totally agree I mean we set up a specific bit of kit that was the first time we've used on an investigation and that was the um the game trail camera the night vision yes. camera um that was the first opportunity we've had really to use it, but it did not disappoint. I mean, we set it up in the room with the ashes and I, I left the room and the way it works is if anything triggers triggers the camera, it would take a photo for about, you get a four second window of a photo and a video. And um, if you looked on our website or Facebook page, you can see an orb clearly manifesting in the top right hand corner. And, and orb, a flashing orb at that, which is... Which is quite rare. Yes. And... Also, we were, I was doing a spirit box session in there by myself and I, I think I asked the question, um, have your remains never been collected by your family? And as clear as day, we got the answer, no. Um, which, and as Vicky I didn't notice this until today, but Vicky spotted also in the video, <laughs> um, just before the, the no answer comes in, in the right-hand side of the video, you, you see almost like a manifestation trying to appear, which again validates that a spirit was in the in the room at the same time as myself that gave the energy to say the no answer. Yeah, if you go onto the website, guys, and have a look at that video, just have a look. You'll see the shelves that all the ashes are in. And in the right-hand corner of the frame, just before we get the reply no, you'll see like a wisp of light manifest itself. And then it's uh, after it said no, it then flies off and out of the frame. And to me, that, that was pretty cool evidence because that's conclusive proof that whatever spirit Jordan was communicating with in that moment actually got the energy up enough to manifest itself and then reply to the question. Yeah, 
Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I mean, as well, I, we won't say names for obviously respect reasons, but the names that we got through on the spirit box, we were there with some of the staff that work at the morgue. Um, and unfortunately, a couple of bodies obviously did come in the same day and the day before. And we got those names on the spirit box. Obviously, we, we'd never been there before. And um, we got the full names come through on the spirit box, the first names and surnames of the people that have died. And even the staff could validate and got the files out and said, look, this is this is the man and the woman and so forth, so on, that, that passed away and this is their names. And we got their names clear as day, didn't we? Yeah, and there was one particular name that we got. Um, let's just say that the funeral was supposed to have taken place, but for obvious reasons with, with other things going on, it's been delayed. And that guy came out on the spirit box as he well. Did, yeah. And first and second names again. And that's when it was confirmed to us, oh, that person's here. Um, their funeral's been delayed. And as soon as those answers came through, again, we had cat balls, we had the K2s on the floor this again this was in the ashes room but those k2s again as soon as he answered us on each question both of them went straight to the red and the amount of energy it would take to to keep spiking those k2s is phenomenal but what i find really impressive is it, it wasn't stuck on red it, it you know it fluctuated back to green then it went flat for a little bit and it completely did it on command questions it, it did yes and when I had the walk around and I first went into the ashes room, I actually asked, said to, to one of the members of staff, um, are there children here? And she said to me, as far as she was aware, there wasn't any children there. But because some of those ashes are so old and there's no names on them, they couldn't verify one way or the other if there was or wasn't children's ashes there. But it was one of the questions that I asked in there on a session and um again the k2s both went to red at the same time to confirm that there was children there and i did get a feeling that there was two particular child spirits there and i actually turned around and said to a member of staff do you have things moving around when you're not here are things messed about with put in different places have things been broken and they confirmed, yes, that happens on a regular basis. And I said to him, it's these two children and um, they're playing games mm. with you. So I can honestly say that although they thought some of the activity happening there was malicious, I don't believe myself no, that our, it was. Our, our conclusion of the evening was, um, it was yes, it was a very um, active venue, but... It was very peaceful there. There was no malevolent feelings or spirits there that we could pick up. Um, like you said, there was definitely some children there. And after you got the responses on the spirit boxes and asked the questions about things being moved, uh, one of the staff members did say, oh, let me go look in the files. And they did find two children. Um, so that there were two children there um, that have been you know, known to do quite playful things around the building, like knock things over, lock doors. Yeah. One of their favourite <laughs> games is um, making the crucifixes fall off the walls, which I'm sure a lot of people, if they see that, would think, you know, oh God, that's demonic or anything like that. But it, it was just children trying to... Yeah, they've had, they've had <laughs> things in, the, in their office have been moved 
or have been pushed off the table. They go in there the following morning. There's things all on the floor. They also have somebody that lives above the premises and even they have said that they will go out, they go to work, they take their child to school, they come back and they have pictures that are been taken off the wall. Again, things are moved around in the premises upstairs. But the other thing that I found really interesting was before this was a morgue, um, it was originally a baker's. So the bakers and their family lived there and they apparently had two children. So it, there is a possibility yeah. that there is a connection in that way as well. Yeah, no, it's very likely. I mean, spirits do seem to, you know, especially if it's a fond place like a home where there's memories, you know, formed and they don't pass on. That's where obviously we do usually find them still residing. But I mean, I, I think overall a, a really interesting um, venue that we were very, very lucky to go very to. Very privileged to be asked um, to go to. Because, you know, for obvious reasons, you, you can't book <laughs> a morgue investigation. So we, it was really the right place, the right time and the right people. Um, but very, very lucky to go there. Um, and yeah, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Would you? Yeah, I, I actually did a, a session with the staff. We went into one of the rooms where there is a large round and very heavy wooden table. Yeah. And um, we did start um we all put our hands on the table we all did uh, a little prayer and a and protection to put around the table with the power of the white light but we ended up actually putting a glass on the table and we all had our fingers on there and we were asking questions and eventually the glass did start to move and it kept going to this particular one member of staff and throughout the evening even the spirits were kept her. referring yeah. to this one member of staff. Yeah. Because apparently she goes in every morning, she says hello to them. When she leaves, she says good night to, to the spirits that are there. And they've all recognised that. And this glass kept going towards her. We put it back in the middle, it would go back towards her again. And just to verify that nobody was actually influencing that glass, I actually asked everyone to turn their fingers up the opposite way. Yeah. And just to actually just lightly rest their fingernails on the top of the glass because that makes it a lot harder for anyone to manipulate, anyone to yeah. manipulate the glass. And again, it was moving straight towards her. So I think just that that one session actually kind of blew their minds, minds a little bit. bit. Yeah, 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 sure. No, I totally agree. I, I mean, yeah, great venue, great experience. Um, but... Yeah, so I, I mean, I personally want to go on to the next subject. We've been asking a couple of people to send in some Q&As um, for yourself, Vicky, and my, yeah. myself. Um, so I, I'm going to read... So every week, guys, we're going to basically be putting out um, the option to send in your questions. We'll pick a few that we really like, and we'll read them out on air. Um, so for the Q&A sessions this week, uh, we've got about four or five questions. Um, I'll, I'll ask you the questions, Vicky. Okay. And um, I mean, if I if your answers may be different to mine, I'll, I'll let the guys know. Yeah, yeah, just jump in. Awesome. So the first question we have is from Emily Bone, and she asks, "What is your favourite place that you've investigated?" Oh well, for me, it has to be Crag and Noss, and the reason I'll say that is because I've been to a lot of places over the years, and there's not many places that have actually unnerved me. But Kraginos is definitely one place. As a 
as a paranormal investigator, it's a place that's challenged me. Let's put it that way. Mm. The first time I went there, it was extremely active. I had thrones, stones thrown at me, um, poltergeist activity. Um, there's something very demonic there and it is well known there's a malevolent for spirit a malevolent there. spirit there. Um, myself and other members of the team actually saw an apparition. For me, it wasn't my first apparition, but for them it was. It was my first time seeing and an apparition, yeah. And not just that, there was something very demonic that I saw there. So the second time I went, I had to kind of face my fears and go back and do it again. And again, it was extremely active. I was doing a Ouija board session in one room and I had two sceptics on the board and I actually said to them, I, if, if I think anything bad starts coming through on here, I will just jump straight on and I will close the session down. And if you've ever been on an investigation with me, you'll know that when I do a spirit board session, I will do a protection, I open up and I'll have my finger on the planchette for that. Then I come away from it and let you guys ask the questions, do whatever you want with the board. And then I will come in, put my finger back on the planchette and I will close it down and do a closing protection so that you guys are safe. Well, while this session was going on, I can, I, I don't, I haven't given out any details of what went on in this particular room, sure. but I can tell you if you ever go there and you go in this, this room and there's a, an old rickety ladder that goes up into the attic, which for safety reasons, you're not allowed up, but it's known as the demonic room. And it's the only room upstairs that the windowsill is absolutely covered with dead flies. I've got a video of that somewhere, guys, so stay tuned because I'll try and post that online as well. Well, we're in the middle of a session. It wasn't making any sense. The planchette was moving. It was going all over the place. It was very erratic. It wasn't spelling anything out. It wasn't making any sense. And all of a sudden, a fly starts going round the table. And somebody mentioned, oh, there's a fly in here. And then for whatever particular reason, this fly landed on this lady's shoulder and she's trying to shake it off, moving her arm, but this fly wouldn't move. And that was when I stepped in and said, right, because it was going so erratic and because of that, I actually jumped in and said, right, I'm going to close the board down because of, I said, you can see the fly on the lady, it's not going anywhere. I'm going to close the board down and I'll tell you why after I've closed it down. So I did, I closed it down and I explained to them that for me, because of the way the planchette was going back and forth, back and forth, really fast, and this fly coming in that wouldn't move off this lady's shoulder, something very nasty was starting to come through. Yeah. And I didn't want it to communicate with anybody. So I completely closed it down, blocked it, shut it off. And one of the sceptics said to me afterwards, oh, um, I'll carry your board for you. I'll, I'll take it downstairs. And I said, oh, no, no, that's all right. You don't have to do that. It's very nice of you to offer, but you don't have to do it. And he's going, no, no, I insist. I'll carry it down for you. Oh, okay, that's fine. I remember this. Yeah. You, you, you can carry it for me. That's, that's fine. If you absolutely insist. And with that, the guy's picked up my folding table. He's lifting it up. He's turning it round. He's looking underneath it. 
and he's looking at me looking very kind of perplexed <laughs> yeah very very shocked and I said to him there's no magnets under there you know and he went I've just realized that so now I can't explain why that's moved and he said that's just got me and just that one session completely changed that guy's mind and to me that is why my favorite place is Craig and Noss yeah I, that's a fantastic venue so thank you Emily that was a great question so next up we have Gar Keen and so, so this one kind of links into the first question but it's have you seen a full apparition yes so I if have. you maybe want to tell us maybe your first time seeing an apparition or the most memorable time right. where you saw it and things like that the first apparition that I ever saw was at a place called St Breville's, but it wasn't in the castle itself. Where, as you go walk into St Breville's, just opposite it is a church and a graveyard. Now, I'd done an investigation there with a group of people, and it was three o'clock in the morning, and our last session was over in the graveyard. Yeah. And of course, we have to be very quiet because there's houses nearby. You've got locals living there. Um, and it just so happened, the way that my group was scheduled that night, we were the last ones to go into the graveyard. So we had the the witching hour, Yeah. which to me is fantastic. Now, if anybody ever says to you that the witching hour is midnight, <laughs> it's not. Yeah. <laughs> witching hour is always 3am, but we'll go into that on another sure. podcast. But as soon as we walked into the graveyard, I had a guest scream and she was absolutely terrified because she said there was a white lady standing behind me. Now, I turned around and couldn't see anything, but I had to take her away for a few minutes, calm her down, reassure her. And then we started going back through the graveyard. And I said to everybody, now, because we're going to be respectful of neighbours and we're going to be respectful because we're in a graveyard, let's just go around and take photos, see if you can capture any orbs any light anomalies anything just go around and take pictures and I said and see if you can find because we, we'd had something come up earlier in the evening about a particular date and a name and I said see if you can go around and find that name and that date on any of the, the headstones well we're, we've, we've made our way around the graveyard we're just coming to the end of it and I had uh, another host with her camera, spanning her camera around to take photos. And all of a sudden, I just saw this white mist form. And it formed the figure of a very slender woman in a, in a long, and I would have said medieval type dress. And she was like a white mist. She had no head, so you couldn't make out her face. It was literally just from her neck and her dress down to the floor, but you couldn't see her feet, but you could see her arms. And she just walked in front of us and then slowly dissipated and disappeared. And there was myself, the other host, and six other members of the public that all saw that. And that was my first ever apparition. Mind-blowing. Absolutely mind-blowing. It's something you, you don't forget, do you? Definitely not. Definitely not. And I can tell you guys, I'm very much, you've got to see it to believe it kind of person. And from the investigations that I've done over the years, the amount of things I've seen has completely changed my mind about the paranormal. And I am a 100% believer. Yeah. What about you, Jordan? So my first and only 
time seeing an apparition was at Kraganos. Yeah. Funnily enough. <laughs> um, about three o'clock in the morning, the event had finished. Me and the guys went up to the tuberculosis wards. We sat there in the dark. Uh, very atmospheric. We, like you said, the stone throwing was happening. Uh, very uneasy, very unsettled. I, uh, I think what made it even more scary for us was hearing babies crying as well. Yeah, so yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll go into that because we, you know, it was just the team there. It was about three, half past three in the morning. Been a long evening. We were starting to drift off. Yes, it was a long night. <laughs> and um, yeah, no, we, I was half asleep and we heard, we heard babies crying. And, um, I, you know, I was so convinced because I was almost asleep that it, it was it was my my daughter crying. So I, I kind of woke up thinking I was at home, thinking it was her crying, and then realised where I was. And a lot of the staff wanted to go down there and, and see, oh, you know, someone left a baby down there, you know? And, you know, you have to kind of remind them that, you know, guys, look, this place is known for being mischievous, mischievous, and there is a malevolent spirit here. And it was basically trying to trick us to go into this room. Um... So we, we refused to go down there and we carried on looking down the corridor and me and a couple of other people looked up roughly at the same time and we saw this this white, I would say like mist, but maybe a little bit thicker, I don't know the right word, but a little bit thicker than mist, kind of materialised in front of us at the end of the corridor and it walked through the hallway and down past the doorway and it kind of stopped in the doorway, turned its head, looked at us and then just walked. Now, it's not like something you see on a movie or the TV shows where it's like a you see the whole dress and the no, Victorian thing. No, it's nothing like that. It was like a white mist in the shape of a person, but you can clearly see it turn its head, look at us, and walk. Walk past the doorway. And t to this day, like I said, the first and only time that I've seen an apparition, but that stuck with me so much, I, I, I couldn't sleep for two or three days. And it, 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 it was almost as if it acknowledged the fact that we were there. And I remember I was standing at the top of the stairs and at one point I had to move away from the stairs because I had this overwhelming feeling that something was going to push, push me you. down I, the I stairs. I remember there was quite a lot of us that felt that. And even one of the guests throughout the evening said, like, you know, I don't want to be at the top of the stairs because it's, it's a lot like a lot of the time people when if they're scared of heights or something like that if they go up somewhere really high they, they feel that there's something pulling them yeah. over the edge it's the same kind of experience but in a paranormal world and yeah a lot of people did feel the experience that they were going to get pushed down the stairs but, but yeah so that that's my first and only time seeing an apparition so uh, thank you to Gar Keen again great question um this one I think you'll like I'm quite okay. I, so <laughs> well they're good questions so far so keep them coming so this one's from Kaylee Reynolds, and she asks... I'm going to also give my answer on this one. Okay. But uh, your dream location to investigate, obviously that doesn't have to be in the UK, or it can be anywhere oh. in the world. Right, guys, I've got to say to you, for me, it would have to be Waverly Hills Sanatorium in America. Okay. I would so, so love to be able to do an old asylum yes. like that. Yes, yeah, an asylum would be awesome. And I've got to admit, I'm a big GA fan, Ghost Adventures, Yep. But I've watched other programmes when they've done these places. And I have to say, America, my God, you guys have got the most awesome amount of places to go investigate. At very some jealous, point, yeah. Very, very jealous. <laughs> at some point, I would love to come to America if I could raise the funds. That's the and bucket come and list. Do, yeah, that yeah. is the bucket list. Yeah. Now, uh, so what's so special about this, this venue that makes it your dream location, though? though? For me, to me, well, one, the size of it, 
I think I'd love to spend at least three or four nights. I mean, I've personally never seen this, this place. So. This place is huge. Right, okay. Absolutely huge. And I would love to spend, uh, for me, you'd ha you couldn't just do it all in one night. Sure, right, okay. You would have to spend several nights on the trot investigating this place. But when you think about how badly the people were treated sure, there sure. and the experiments, the oh, shock treatment, yeah, all gotcha. the horrors that went on in a place like that. I mean, the amount of emotion and energy and darkness that must be stored in those walls. It's, well, it's, to me, it's just, I can't even fathom it. How people could be that cruel to other human beings will always be beyond me but it's just somewhere i'd love to go and investigate so what's that place called again for the guys waverly hills sanatorium okay awesome so i i think my venue would have to be um, quite a small venue you might be shocked at this but <laughs> i would really like to spend an evening in ed and the rain warren's occult museum oh well, I'll be going with you if you do. Yes, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I owe a lot to Ed and Lorraine Warren. I've been interested in their work for a number of years. Um, obviously, passing away was very unfortunate and really sad, sad day for the paranormal world. But if I had the opportunity to go to that occult museum and just spend maybe a couple of hours, that I would be more than happy just to... Because I can imagine the amount of things they've seen and the oh, energy in that room. Well, you can only imagine. And the fact mean. a priest still has to come in there, you know, every week and bless the the objects in that room um so for me that would be a dream come true and obviously i, I know you can visit there so maybe one day vic we'll, yeah maybe one day we'll, um, we'll come um, over there when you imagine the amount of films they've made in the conjuring series and the years worth of files that the warrens have amassed on the cases that they've investigated we could be having a conjuring movie every year for the next 20 years yeah wow well, even longer yeah, i would have thought imagine, yeah but as a young girl, I remember watching the Amityville Horror. But when they investigated there and they brought out their, their book on all their findings and there's that very, very famous photograph of the little boy with the glowing eyes that they took there. And that was just another factor that contributed in my interest towards the paranormal and why I wanted to do what I've ended up doing. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. They, they were big influences for me oh, as well. pioneers. Absolute 100%. pioneers in the paranormal world. Um, so, yeah, my, my dream location would be Ed and Lorraine Warren's Occult Museum. So, uh, thank you, Kayla. That was, again, a great question. Um, so, the last question we're going to do for this podcast, guys, comes from Delia, and she asks, your scariest experience? So, I know you said Kraganos. So maybe if you if you can think of another experience, if not, I can maybe give mine. But right, yeah, I I can I can. Shepton Mallet Prison. I was actually attacked by a spirit which tried to attach itself to me. Um, I was up in the basketball court and had the REM pod. Say <coughs> so it's getting to me now. Just thinking about it. <coughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah. But uh, Shepton Mallet <coughs> is... So if, if you've been there, guys, it's it's based in Somerset and um, it's one of those venues that just never, ever, ever, ever gets old. And I've also been 
I wouldn't say attacks, but I've certainly had some experiences there that make me feel very, very, very uncomfortable. And I know you've said in a previous podcast, you've had guests there that you felt that burst of energy come out the door and almost attack them. Um, but you were attacked. Yeah. Um, it, like I said, it was in the basketball court. And we were doing a session. I had one young lady who said her leg was starting to burn. Whatever is in there is very not nice. And it doesn't want you there. And from the moment you walk into that basketball court, it makes it very clear that it wants you out. Sure. It tells you on the spirit box session it swears at you to leave um i had the rem pod and i said a couple of times if you really want us to go make the rem pod go off and it would go off right confirm to me again that you really want us to leave make the rem pod go off and it would do it again and i had guests feeling very uneasy i had another k2 meter which actually has a light on it and that was about a foot or so away from the REM pod and at one point you could actually see it being blacked out by whatever was putting its hand across it to make it alarm and I actually said could somebody look at that green light and tell me what I think I'm seeing and the other guests confirmed they could see something blacking the light the green light out and then coming back away from it I had one guest had to leave the room because she immediately felt she was going to be sick. Sure. The other girl saying that her leg was burning and it hurt. And then the next thing I feel, I wear hearing aids. I had the tapping on both of my hearing aids. Something tapping very loudly with its fingers. Next thing I felt was almost like hands on my shoulders digging into my shoulders and it hurt. And it was almost as if something had piggybacked itself onto my back and I had to get everybody out of there really quick. Yeah. Um, as soon as we left the room and got outside into the fresh air, there was a the lady that had already left was out there with another host being sick. Wow. I asked the young girl to lift her leg up, lift her trouser leg up to show me her legs, and she had scratch marks down her leg. And apparently I had gone grey. I felt really unwell and very shaken. And when I went back to base room, everybody noticed that for some reason I just was not yourself myself. And it took me several hours to rid myself of this oppression that had linked itself onto me. And from that day on, whenever I went back to that prison and I had to go in that basketball court, I actually said before I went in here, I'm coming in. You're not to come near me. You leave me alone. You do not attack me. And even now I still do that if I go back there again. Yeah. But that 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 was a, an experience I will, well, stay with me forever. Never, ever forget that. And that's how I've had to learn to ground myself and protect myself from being attacked like that. <coughs> sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, the ground, grounding yourself is, especially when you go to an active venue, it's, yeah. an, it's an important thing to do. Um, I, I think if I had to say my scariest experience, it would have to be at the Ancient Ram Inn. Uh, for the pure fact that uh, we had guests there that, if you're into the paranormal world, you, you, I'm sure you've heard of the Ancient Ram Inn. 
and the guests came along and we had one guest that maybe was into the darker side of the paranormal, if I put it politely. Yes. Um, and, you, you know, he was kind of saying, being a little bit disrespectful, um, considering there is some bad spirits at the Ram. Um, he was being a little bit disrespectful. We asked him politely to, you know, tone it down. You know, you've always got to be respectful and mindful. Um, but he, he continued to do it a little bit and he felt something on his back. And he actually, we were sat in the room. There was no one near him, so it couldn't have been anyone else. But he, he kind of let out a little yelp. And uh, I had to take him outside um, for health and safety reasons, obviously. And he lifted up his T-shirt and he, he was bleeding quite deeply three scratch marks in the center of his back um which if you think about again is it's the mock of the holy trinity the, the father it's, it's, son it's, the holy it's a spirit very demonic sign when you have a, a scratch marks in the sign of free yeah so it's a mock to the father son and the holy spirit and i, I asked him look can you reach around to your back so i tried to debunk it any way i can to see if, if maybe he could have done it or if he caught it on anything you know but there was no way that he could have done it. So we went back in and he sat sat down. And after that, as you can imagine, he was very respectful, you know, quite quite taken back with what had happened. And um, throughout the evening, other guests were feeling like they were getting manipulated and touched. And we went into the room with the succubus and the incubus and the girl was on the bed Um and she said she was feeling something on the inside of her leg. And, um, you know, it was one of those things as well. We asked her to go outside and she had, like, nail marks on the yeah. top of her thigh. And we actually had, um, if I remember, her boyfriend actually had a go at us saying that we had done something somehow for her to, to have been deliberately attacked like that, that we had set something up. And it was like, no, no, absolutely no, Never. no way. No way. She had these... Um, very skin tight, I would call them jeggings on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, she left the room, went to the bathroom, and as she pulled her trousers down, she had all these scratch marks with, within her thighs. So there's no way that we could or anybody could have no. done that to her. No, not, not and at no, all. And none of us went anywhere near her. No. So Everyone was sat in their own like kind of little space because it's quite a small room isn't it so you've got to spread out the best you can yeah anyway but and um, from what i remember wasn't wasn't the boyfriend being a bit disrespectful at that, the time? that was the guy that got scratched yes um so um that's another thing i'd say to you guys when you go to these places just be respectful of the spirits because sometimes when you provoke things will happen yeah what you, what you put out there you'll, you'll get, back. get back and I, I think but if that wasn't my scariest, the would have to be, as well as the Ram, was doing a, a spirit box, sorry, spirit board uh, with some of the guys. Um, obviously, when, when they come along, they, they don't know who we are. They don't know who's going to be at the event. So it's not that no. they can really research us. Or even if they could, they wouldn't know personal details. Um, but they were doing an Ouija board and something was coming through. They were getting, um, they were, a spirit was basically saying names me trying to debunk it was saying, okay, well, I'm going to jump in and ask the spirit to to give an answer to something that's personal to me to see if they know anything. Obviously, I'm not taking part of the board. And I said, you know, have I got any children? Yes or no? And it went to yes, which is true. Uh, I said, okay, what's what's the initial um, of their name? And it went to the first letter of their name. 
um, at that point, I was a bit astounded, and I said, "Okay, spell out your your date of birth, the the my, my child's date of birth," and it and it did spot on. Um, so the fact that no one could have known that, you know, unless you know me very very personally, you wouldn't know that. Um, to the point that that as well that affected me for a long time. You know, there's experiences we've both had. I think that, like you said, a stay of us um, until the day we die, but. You were talking actually when you came here about the paranormal hangover. We call yes, it. yes, because we we recently did the investigation at the morgue, and I said to Jordan, I had to go to bed very early yesterday because I didn't feel too well. I was very drained, very tired. Um, my head felt really heavy, and I actually woke up the early hours of this morning with a booming headache, feeling sick. I had to get up, take some tablets, and just wait for that to kick in. But, you know, there are those certain investigations where it really does affect you afterwards and it just takes it out of you. And sometimes it takes you several days to, to get back to normal after. Oh, yeah, definitely. And especially I've been to locations that are quite um, with the more malevolent spirits. I mean, I've had to go once or twice to the spiritualist church and have a cleansing just because, yeah. you know... If you believe in it or not, it, it does help. It did work. I felt a lot better afterwards, you know. I'm not saying I had an attachment, but the, the energy you bring home with you, it, oh, yes, it, definitely. it sticks with you, doesn't definitely. it? And um, one of the things I do is my equipment gets cleansed and saged, especially the boards. Yes, me too. After an investigation. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, like we said in the other video, all these equipment come up, comes home with us, so we've got to make sure everyone our families are safe in that haven't we but, um, oh yeah exactly and we don't want to be taking anything home with us no certainly not certainly <laughs> not um but yeah so that that was delia uh so again thank you for the questions um they are actually all really good questions they are very good questions so guys if you've got any more then please get in touch yeah so we're, like i said guys we're going to try and um answer your questions um two or three five if we've got the time you know every episode and uh we, we'll go from there but Again, thank, pardon me, thank you for listening. Um, as always, stay safe. We're going to be doing another podcast next week about the PPE coming up at the Groundlings Theatre. Yeah. Uh, what we'll be doing, um, the steps and precautions we'll be doing to, to make sure everyone's safe um, and for the foreseeable future as well, because unfortunately, you know, I don't see anything changing anytime soon. Um, so we're just going to be going through what, what we can be doing to make sure everyone's safe and sound. Um but yeah, if there's anything you want to add to that bit. Yeah, guys, if you've got any scary stories that you'd like to share with us, then please get in touch because we'd love to hear them. Yeah, no, definitely, guys. Feel free to drop us a email at csadpparanormal.uk uh, or you can contact our Facebook page or Instagram. Um, if there's anything at all you want to share with us, if you want us to read out your name, maybe a little spooky story because it's nearly Halloween, we can definitely do that. Um, yeah, check me out. I'm on Instagram, Vicky ADP UK. There you go. Um, so yeah, guys, stay tuned, stay safe, and as always, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye.